name is Ella Kate Marisi, and you are listening to More Than Child's Play with your host, my mommy, Lacey Marisi, and my Aunt Nicole Surgeon. They're authors, therapists, and most importantly, mommies. And man, can they talk. So sit back and relax and learn from their village. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of More Than Child's Play podcast. This is Lacey Marisi, your host today, and uh, Nicole is not with us, but we always enjoy when she's able to join us. But today is kind of a special episode just for us speechies out there in our audience. We are joined today by Jen LaRue. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Jen, everyone has been an SLP in the public school system serving grades K through 12 in a school district in central New York for the past 12 years. Jen's a wife and a mother of two kiddos. And as the simplified speechy on Teachers Pay Teachers and Boom Learning, Jen creates therapy materials and resources to help simplify lesson planning for the busy SLP. So you know, I, I knew I wanted to have Jen on um, because she is serving a population of kiddos that is not um, what Nicole and I are serving right now. We're deep in the throes of early intervention. And with summer approaching, I knew that we wanted to have an episode to kind of help parents out, to know what to do with their kiddos over the summer, what's kind of best practice, what's recommended by the professionals out there. So I invited Jen to come on and she very um, graciously accepted. So we're very thankful for that. And, and again, I've been in early intervention for, oh gosh, like 16 years now. But prior to that, I did work in three different public school systems. And I remember as a school SLP, you know, as the summer months approached, I wanted my kiddos not to regress over the summer. So I made the packets. This was back, you know, when we didn't have as many digital resources. So I was making these packets at the copy machine, stapling them together, sending them home, sending them home with the kiddos because I wanted parents to support their kid over, kiddo over the summer. I wanted that carryover of skills and that generalization. I wanted to prevent any possible regression. You know, I was young, first, first couple jobs, very eager, but the, the kicker to that was this was prior to having my own kids. So I didn't yet have an appreciation for time when you have, you know, children, when you have a family, I didn't yet have an appreciation for taking a break from all the hustle and bustle that, you know, happens during the school year. So, you know, that's one thing I learned with experience. And then again, having my own children was we don't always need to you know, flood parents with all this extra material over the summer months. It's not always needed. It's, it shouldn't always be the priority of the summer months. Um, but Jen, again, is in the throes of working with this age group in the school system. So I know she's going to have some great tips um, to share with us uh, to serve this population and to help parents that are seeking the support for their child over the summer who want to help their kiddo. So, okay. So we're going to go ahead and get started because I want you to hear from Jen, not from me. So Jen, let's just start out with that general question. You know, what do you recommend for the kids that you work with over those summer months? Well, Lacey, I think you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, um, 12 years ago, I was also at the copy machine making those packets and these putting crafts together and sending home booklets and work workbook pages. And um, I thought that was the right thing. And, you know, some families maybe do appreciate that. But I think the turning point, like you said, was when I became a mom almost five years ago. And my view on almost everything shifted. Uh, I was actually amazed at how being a mom changed me as a clinician completely. Um, 
now I think of summer break and I know firsthand that families are busy. Uh, often parents are working, kids are at summer camps, they're at grandma's house, they're wherever, um, their schedules are different. And when they aren't busy, they want to be making those summer memories together. They, they definitely don't want to be sitting at the kitchen table, drilling articulation sounds, doing, doing worksheets about pronouns. Um, and the last thing I want to do is stress families out over their, their time together. You know, we only have so much time with our kids when they're young. And, you know, I want to make that special. I want them to have those special memories together. Um, so at this point, like once I had my kids, I'm, I started really trying to make summer maintenance about fitting into um, people's daily lives and their routines. Uh, I want to give them practical strategies and activities um, that I don't want to add to their plates. I want, I want them to help. I want them to maintain their progress. Um, and I, I feel like sometimes with good intentions, we as SLPs make things a lot more difficult than they need to be. I think that if something is functional and easy to add to existing routines, families are more likely to follow through and it's also more meaningful for the child. Um, so one of the ways that I approach this is just by like checking in with families and saying like, what do you need? Um, Great. It, seems like it, it, it seems like it might be a lot of work to check in individually, but it's really not any more work than prepping those packets <laughs> and maybe less because not everybody might want the packets right so. exactly some people are like you know what we're so overwhelmed we have this going on in our family right now like especially this year with all of the um like the covid stuff i just feel like families are just at max capacity in every respect um so some families like when i check in they might say oh you know we're going on two road trips so what can we do in the car with our kids. Like we're going on these super long trips and that gives me direction and it's, and it gives me ways to, um, give them activities that are going to work for them. Mm -hmm. Um, my son recently had an OT evaluation and I am already thinking of ways that we can build fine motor practice into, to our daily routines. I plan, I'm going to reach out to his OT and just say, okay, we're going to the beach. We spend a lot of time in grandma and grandpa's pool. Like what are some things I can do to work on fine motor skills to make it fun for him, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like in that same vein, like don't be afraid to reach out to your child's provider. Don't be, don't feel like you're bothering us because it's so helpful when parents um, and families reach out and say, this is what I'm looking for specifically. This is what we need. This is what our life looks like right now. Like, can you help us? Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's super helpful for us. Yeah. And I think as a, as a clinician, just asking that direct question, you know what I mean? You say, you might yeah. save yourself time, but then if the parent can tell you, okay, we're going on this vacation, or this is going to be our routine, then you can just provide something that they're going to be more willing to do because they're asking more specifically for what routine to base it around. And then, yeah, it's just going to be easier for you in the end. So I like that. I think as clinicians, we shouldn't be afraid to put that out there to the parents and ask them that question. And then as parents, they shouldn't be afraid then to approach us and say, this is what I'm looking for to help support my kid over the summer. Great suggestion. Right, right. It come, I think um, those relationships, you know, that those therapist um, family relationships are super important because they need to feel comfortable reaching out to us and we need to feel comfortable asking them what they need. So that's, that's a really important piece of it. Yes, I agree. What about the parent though, that says to you, I want, I want cards. I want papers. I want, they're the parent that wants that structured activity. They're not into <laughs> going to the zoo and talking about all the animals and working on our Z sound when we see the zebra, right? They're, they're the parent that's more structured in their routines and wants to know that they're really doing something that is, you know, 
that matters to their kids' speech and language skills? What do you provide typically, or what do you suggest to provide for those types of parents? Yeah. So there are, there are definitely those families out there. And I, I tend to be the one that wants more, um, like direction when it comes to things. That's why I'm reaching out to my my son's OT. I just want to be, you know, I want to do what's right. And so, um, yeah. So when I do send physical materials home over the summer, I like to send home picture stimulus cards. Um, you know, if they are going on that long road trip, maybe I'll send black and white so that they can color them in themselves. Or if not, I'll just send home just general stimulus cards and I'll send them with ideas of what to do with these cards. So, um, scavenger hunts are great, you know, hiding them all over the house and giving your child a flashlight, you know, flashlights, those ball poppers you get in like the target dollar bin. Those are great Uh, laser pointers, anything novel that's going to keep your kiddo engaged while they're searching for their, um, their picture cards. Also sensory bins are great. If you want to put, you know, the cards in sensory bins, and then you don't, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, you can just switch out your sensory fillers, you know, once every couple of weeks and keep it fresh, add new things to it. It doesn't have to be something that's really stressful or hard to plan. Um, you can just use them. However, however you're playing with your child, you can incorporate your, your picture cards. Yes. You know, um, again, in EI, I don't work on multiple repetitions in a session necessarily anymore, but when I was working with preschool age and and school age kiddos, I remember just stacking red solo cups for every repetition of a word. And then we got this big red solo cup tower, which got us lots of repetitions of whatever word target sound we were working on. And then the thrill and fun of knocking it down was fantastic. So it can be, I mean, the, the activity itself doesn't have to be sophisticated. It's just an activity that allows that back and forth kind of turn-taking give and take so that then you can, you know, prompt the kid to practice the word or the sound in the word or whatever to get the multiple repetitions. So, so yeah. Right. And I think that also, you know, if I, when I talk to parents, I really stress the importance of reading. I think a reading over the summer and using books, exploring books together is such a great way to work on speech and language skills and asking open-ended questions. Um, talking about the vocabulary in the book, talking about the characters, um, just such an easy way to incorporate speech and language into something that you're probably already doing that bedtime reading routine. And also like, even with our tics, something I do as an SLP in my sessions is I'll just look through a picture book and jot down all the words that have the, the target sound and just write them on a post-it and keep the post-it right in the back of the book. Um, and, and if that's something that families want me to do, I'm happy to do that for them. Something that's that they can use over and over again over the summer. I think, um, yeah, reading, exploring books together is just super important. Absolutely. That's a great suggestion about the book reading. Cause yeah, I, I hope I'd like to think a lot of families incorporate books into their daily routine with their kiddos because we know the benefits of language that then lead into literacy are, are so great with book reading. So yeah, that's a great idea. I love that for searching for, you know, that target sound within the book itself and then kind of working on those words as they come to them in the book. Good. Okay. So what about, what about the families, Jen, that, um, want to pursue private services over the summer. They maybe have private insurance and have that ability to get X amount of visits a year. So they want to carry over maybe what's, or maybe they've seen private throughout the year in, in addition to school services and want to continue that private therapy over the summer. What's your, you know, what do you suggest regarding that um, collaboration with private therapists? How do you kind of initiate that? What's your recommendations around that? Okay. So, uh, yeah, for our, for our kiddos who, who, um, 
really need that extended school, school year service. Um, those the kiddos who are going to have significant regression and we come to their IEP meeting at the end of the year and we have documented, we have data and we have documented regression over long breaks from school. Um, they're going to, they're going to qualify for extended school year services through the school district. And that's great. Um, that's a great support for those kids. Other families, like you said, might want to pursue private, private speech therapy. Um, and that's, you know, I totally parents, know their kiddo, they know their family dynamic, they know what's best. And so if that's something they want to do, I would never discourage that. And I also um, would would offer to connect with the therapist. I would recommend that the families share the IEP with the summer therapist um, so that they can, you know, read up on the present levels of performance and they can really hit the ground running with therapy. We don't want them to spend the whole, you know, six weeks just getting to know this kiddo. We want them to have a good understanding of what the needs are and be able to really pick up where we left off at school. Right. And just sharing of the IEP, sharing of, of recent evaluations that have been done. That's all good for the private SLP, especially if they're brand new to the kid, just to kind of know the background and know what's currently being worked on. You know, I'm, I'm going to admit something that's a teensy bit embarrassing here, but I remember as a young SLP in the school system, I would get nervous when parents sought out private therapy because I felt like I wasn't doing enough. And then I was worried that the private therapist would think that I was doing the wrong thing. Like I got all conscious and, you know, self-conscious and nervous, but I've, I've Clearly, I've thankfully grown from that that place in my low self-confidence and ability as a clinician. But, you know, it, it kind of was intimidating to me early on, but I definitely support that. And that collaboration is really key that what the school SLP and the private SLP are working on fit together and that, you know, again, that collaboration so that, that they're targeting the same skills because double the amount of therapy can, can definitely bring about fantastic results if you're both on the same page working on the same things. And in EI, occasionally a family will also seek out private speech therapy. And I love that. Again, now I'm, I'm more confident in my ability and, 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 you know, I love that collaboration. And, and oftentimes I learn from the other therapists too, you know, uh, different things. So I do appreciate that now more than I did before, but, but that's great. Just, um, you know, letting parents know to share that paperwork, the IEP goals, the recent evaluations with the private SLP to save them some time. They might not need to do that evaluation initially if they have that information right. from the school. I think also um, it's, I, I like to share my contact information just because I have anecdotal information that might be really helpful that not, I wouldn't necessarily write in an IEP, but like, you know, this kid's really into the movie cars. You might want to bring up, you know, Lightning McQueen or like, you know, yes, just, yes. just ways to connect with the child to build that relationship so that they can see as much progress as possible with yes. in their time together. Yeah, those that little anecdotal information helps build that rapport quicker. Because if they're only going to see the yes. kiddos for those couple of summer months, they kind of need to hit the ground running, and so that information can help them with building that relationship quickly and being more effective in their therapy. So good, 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 good. Okay. So, all right. <laughs> Again, years ago, I remember having an incentive. If you completed your speech homework over the summer, you came back to school and you got you know, to pick a prize from my little cardboard treasure chest. Again, this was years ago. Forgive me. I've grown from that. But do you, do you ever follow up with that kind of incentive work or do you just kind of leave it up to the parents? What, what's your recommendation as far as that goes? 
Um, I, I don't typically recommend an incentive. Um, I think, again, I think each family dynamic is so different. I think parents know their kids best. If the parents feel like they need to set up an incentive for their child, then that, you know, that's their choice. Um, but I, nowadays <laughs> I feel like I prefer a much more laid back approach because again, we don't want to put stress on families. We don't want to, um, we don't want to make it, a, you know, an unpleasant experience. We want kids to be successful. We want um, families to have that, that positive interaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So Jen, are there ever any families that you recommend taking a break? Like, are there ever any families that you kind of have gotten to know them, or, you know, throughout the school year, you've seen how hard their kids been working. You maybe notice that the kiddo is starting to get some burnout or, you know, getting frustrated with, with what's happening in school. Do you ever feel it's appropriate to recommend just taking a break for a couple months? Yes, I definitely have done that in the past. And I think, especially when kids, um, you know, they have the option maybe to do something else over the summer to go to like sleepaway camp, work on those social connections, or, you know, go spend a week at grandma's house. Um, I have definitely recommended taking a break. I think as adults, I mean, think of, we need a vacation once in a while, like we can't be um, in work mode 24 seven. And I think kids especially just need time to play and they learn through play and they're going to have, you know, those those opportunities to practice their skills naturalistically. And I think parents shouldn't stress too much if they decide that that's what's best for them. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, in light of the last year and all the changes that we have went through, but our kids have went through with learning virtually, um, you know, adjusting to maybe a hybrid option of going to school. I mean, the changes over this last year for our kids have been so immense and a local school system near us is offering for all kids, uh, I don't know how long it is, but several weeks of school, summer school to try to catch up for you know, skills that maybe they didn't learn throughout the school year that they might have in a typical school year. But, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. I feel like as much as adults need a break from all this craziness as a result of the pandemic, so do our kids, right? Our expectations Mm -hmm. of them over this last year have just been crazy. And for the most part, I feel our kids have rose to the challenge. They've adapted. Their resiliency has really Mm -hmm. shown through all this. But I really feel like the break is needed, is warranted. And hopefully the break then will refresh them and, and hopefully things will be as, you know, close to normal as they can be when we start back in, you know, in August or September, whatever your school district, school district starts back. But yeah, I mean, again, parents are going to make decisions, you know, based on their child, based on what they feel is best for their child. And, and I certainly respect that. But my feeling is kiddos, they need it. They need that break. So, I mean, think about, think about how many parents this year took on like double duty. They were working from home and they were also their, their student, their child's teacher. Like, do they, they, you know, that dynamic. And I did that this year. There were times this year when I was doing my speech sessions from home and also like on my son's, you know, Google me trying to facilitate his learning. And it's hard. It's hard on the relationship, the parent-child relationship. Um, and yeah, this year more than ever, I just think take that time. Yeah. Take the time you need to be ready to to be ready to go when your school starts back in the fall because ooh, it was a tough one. It sure was. And you made a good point there about the effect on the parent-child relationship. You know, I 
had to be my kid's t- quote teacher. You know, I wasn't planning the curriculum because I don't want to do that. <laughs> Leave that <laughs> up to the school teachers to get paid for that. But I was making sure they were paying attention. I was making sure they heard the assignment or the date that the assignment was due. Like, so yeah, we, we kind of, as parents had to fill a role that we never had before. And that might have stressed that relationship with our kiddos. So mm-hmm. another good reason to take a break over the summer is just to reestablish that relationship as just their mom, as just their dad, not their mom teacher or dad teacher. <laughs> and right. Totally. Yeah. And kind of get back to where we were and, and repair any, you know, frustration that maybe happened over those months. So I think that's a good idea too. Okay, Jen. So I know you make a lot of great materials that you share um, via Boom Learning and um, Teachers Pay Teacher website. So um, I just looked briefly at those. They look wonderful. And, And I love that you're creating these materials to help the busy SLP, right? Planning can really be, oh man, it's tough. You know, when you have, I've talked before with other SLPs on the podcast about, you know, how many different things, how many different disorders that we work with. It's really such a wide range. Even when you're working just in the school system, you're still seeing kids with all these different diagnoses and disorders and delays. And so the amount of work that goes into really individualizing what you do for each child to help them achieve their IEP goals, you know, it can be so time consuming. So I appreciate you. I appreciate all the other SLPs out there that provide materials like that, that are easily accessible, that are affordable um, for, for SLPs to use to help their kids. So go ahead and, and let our audience know where to find you on both of those, um, those websites so that they can access your materials if they'd like to. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm the Simplified Speechy on Teachers Pay Teachers and Boom Learning. Um, And as you mentioned, I think, you know, working with uh, K through 12 in a really small district, I kind of have to be like, I'm such a generalist. And I think, you know, when you have that 30 minute prep period in your day and you're prepping for such a wide range of kids and abilities, you need something that you can print and go, you can feel confident using, and that's going to be really engaging for your kids. And so I think, I'm, I hope that that's what my stores can provide um, for SLPs. Um, I think Boom Learning is such a great, I, I just found out about boom, boom Learning when the pandemic hit. And I was like, this is amazing. I can make these materials. I can email them to families. I can email them directly to students. You know, all the students have their own email account now. And um, anything that can cut down that, you know, your, your precious prep time during the day, I'm all about it. Absolutely. Me too. Me too. Okay. So simplified speechy on both boom learning and teachers pay teachers. And then do you have social media accounts also, Jen, that yeah. people connect with you? Yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram, but also, uh, you know, simplified speechy on Instagram. I love to connect with people. Um, and just, I have, I started my Instagram account back in just in January and finding this, this little corner of the internet to connect with people has been so wonderful, you know, especially in this year when it's hard to maintain connections. I just have found, um, it's so much joy and just like hearing other people's experiences and sharing ideas and sharing resources. It's been so great. So I love to connect. Find me. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. And I, me too. It's about a year ago. I started just, we had always had an Instagram account, milestones and miracles, our business, but we really 
you know, didn't hop on there very often. We were more on Facebook, but I discovered Instagram and have connected with so many professionals that way. It's really been great and learned from so many people, you know, and actually everyone, that's how I found Jen. She had an awesome video <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> a TikTok that she made about the word chuggy. So chuggy <laughs> is a new word um, that's I think born out of the teenage population that if you don't know what it means, you need to figure it out. So when a teen calls you chuggy, you can defend yourself <laughs> because Jen and I have decided that we're chuggy and we're proud of it. We're okay with That's it. That's right. So, yeah. But yeah, definitely. We check own it. Out. <laughs> yes, we own it. Yes. So definitely check out her Instagram account, find her on teachers pay teachers and boom learning. And how about an email address in case anybody just wants to shoot you an email with a question about speech. Yeah, my email is jen.larue.slp at gmail.com. Okay, and and just because I would have trouble with spelling your last name, how do you spell Larue? Oh, <laughs> good point. <laughs> it's L-E-R-O-U-X. I married a Canadian, so it's French. <laughs> awesome. All right. Good. 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 So again, thank you for joining us. Thank you everyone for taking a listen. Um, Jen, we wish you well. And who knows, we might connect with you again in the future about some other school-based topic that we want to share with our audience. So thank you again, Jen. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for another episode of More Than Child's Play podcast. Please follow us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram at Milestones Miracles and on Twitter at Milestones M.